Welcome to episode 49 of the Daniel Yours podcast. I just finished bulking for six months, and here's how it went. Let's go. Welcome back to the podcast. Thank you for listening in today. I appreciate you, and I hope that you're having a great day. Bulking season is officially over for me, for now. Not forever, because it's never over. You're never too big. But for now, it's over. Bulking season for the uninitiated is just a period of time where you are purposely gaining muscle, gaining size or mass overall. And so the point of your training, your eating and everything that you do is to get bigger. And so I've been doing that for the past six months or so. If you follow me on Instagram, you'll you'll know this. I've been talking about it uh, all, all the time in my weekly training updates and, and everything else. I don't think I've spoken about it too much on the podcast, maybe tidbits here and there. But um, anyways, I wanted to just sort of make this episode to culminates what has happened with my own training and my own body changes over the last six months um, to kind of outline, first of all, what it is and why I did it, how I did it, what I would do differently, how I would advise someone else to do it, um, and then sort of kind of outline what is coming up next. So that's what this entire episode is going to be out. If you are completely uninterested in muscle building, well, you're probably not listening to this anyways, but, but uh, if you are, I mean, maybe this is not the best episode for you. If you are interested in how I have gained muscle and, and gained size over the past six months, then this is for you. And just to sort of, you know, right off the top, and I'll get into the details of how and what and what whatever a little bit later, I've gained 25 pounds, not of muscle. I've gained 25 pounds uh, in the last six months, six months, which is, see, see how I said munch there? That's how much I've been eating. I can't even say months. It's just munch. I'm just always thinking about eating. So that, that's, that's a good description of, of how this whole thing has gone. But, um, what was I saying? 25 pounds in the last six months and, and which is right on schedule and kind of right exactly where I want it to be at this point. So let's get right into it. Um, you know, you know that I'm going to ramble far too much in this whole thing. So First of all, what is bulking? Let's just quickly define this, uh, and, and I'm going to define it by defining another word. So hypertrophy is the word, H-Y-P-E-R-T-R-O-P-H-Y is hypertrophy. That means building muscle or gaining muscle size, and now that is what the purpose of bulking is. So in order to do this, now this is going to be a massive oversimplification that will be explained a little bit later, in order to gain muscle size, your training has to be conducive to gaining muscle size. And a very easy example of that is to gain muscle size, you have to do things or do exercises and exercise in a certain way to elicit that response. For example, I cannot run on the treadmill and expect to have bigger biceps. That is just not the way that it works. At the same time, excuse me, when you are building muscle, you need to, or when you're building anything, you're building a house, you need resources, you need things to build from. So you need to be eating more. You can't be eating, uh, you know, little salads and 500 calories a day and expect to gain any amount of muscle at all. So you've got to be one providing the resources to be able to supply muscle building. And then second, you have to be able to provide the stimulus through your training to tell your muscles to use those resources, to tell your body rather to use those resources to build muscle. So these are the two things that that happen. Now, bulking specifically is is not like a scientific term. Obviously, it's more of a quote unquote bro science term, and it just means a period of time where you're focusing on 
building muscle as opposed to becoming more athletic or losing fat or any other kind of training endeavor that one might be going on. Now, you might split this up into what people call dirty bulking and clean bulking. Dirty bulking would mean you eat everything you can, you gain as much total weight and mass as possible, and clean bulking would be you eat just enough to support muscle building but not enough to gain too much fat. I'd say I did something that's more resembles dirty bulking and you know I wasn't totally off the rails but definitely more on that uh, end of the spectrum and I'll explain why um, a little bit later in the episode why and how I, I did what I did. So for anyone who didn't know that's what bulking that's what hypertrophy is that's was the what that was the point of this entire last six months of training and I've successfully done that. So why did I do this? Why did I choose to do this and at this time? So let's just take a quick step back in time. Like at the time of this, it's December 2021. Obviously, COVID has been a thing for the past uh, two years. And so at the beginning of COVID, I was working out at home. I was working out twice a day, every single day for like four months. It was pretty crazy. I just I had the available time and the available equipment in, in my home to, to do so. Um, and I got in very, very good shape. I was I was big and strong and lean and all the things. Fine, great. Um, you know, the gyms shut down again uh, here in, in Toronto, Ontario anyways. And then I, you know, decided not to come home and, and focus on other stuff. And I basically stopped training until I went to Florida in June. So that was about eight months or so, eight to nine months or so of basically not training. Now, I still worked out at home. I had a, a kettlebell and a couple bands and, you know, did a few things here and there and whatnot, but it wasn't like anything significant. So what happened to, to my body in that time was that I lost a lot of muscle. I lost probably 15 to 17 pounds and, and not in a good way um, through that time from November or whatever till till June. So I lost a bunch of weight, lost a bunch of muscle, lost a bunch of strength, of course, with that. Um, and so that happened. Then I decided to go to Florida. I knew that the gyms would be open there and I kind of wasn't coming back until the gyms and stuff was going to be open here. So I did that and I said, okay, well now I want to get all of that back. I want to get all that muscle back, get all that strength back and then, you know, build bigger, bigger and better, of course. So the reason that I specifically chose to do it in this sort of bulking way and a little bit less clean way than I did kind of last year was that I knew that things were going to be reopening. I knew that with that means seeing more friends, more social obligations, more more dinners, more lunches, more uh, you know family gatherings, and all these kind of things where food is always the center of it. Given that, I didn't want to be dieting during that time because I knew I'd be over-consuming in, in general, and I was okay with that and, and willing to do that. And sure, I could have said no, but I didn't want to. I wasn't that strict about it. I wanted to be able to go out and enjoy all these things. And not have to worry about, oh, I, I, I shouldn't eat that or I should eat a little bit less or not have this because I'm dieting down. Like, I didn't want that to happen. So I figured, well, if these things are going to happen anyways, and again, all of this stuff is within reason. It's not like I'm going out for dinner seven nights a week or anything crazy, right? But if I'm being super strict dieting, like, I'm not even going out for dinner once a week, like maybe once a month type of thing. Anyways, um, so, so given all that, I wanted to be able to kind of use this. And so I knew that I'll be eating more, consuming more and training hard and heavy. And so, you know, having this extra food, it was just all conducive. It all made sense. I've spoken about this before many times where like your life situation has to line up with your goals. For example, it's kind of Christmas, you know, holiday season now. 
trying to do a strict diet right through Christmas holidays, not a good idea because you're going to have to turn away too many social obligations and too much good food and too many things where it just makes it very difficult. And even if you are able to actually do it, you're going to be miserable for doing so. And I didn't want to have to do that. So I didn't. So I chose to go on this journey, so to speak, of getting bigger and, and, and you know, growing and getting bigger muscles and a, and a bigger body altogether. I kind of wanted to become the biggest and strongest that I've ever been, you know, step on the scale at the heaviest amount of weight, be able to lift more than I've ever lifted before, all those things. Um, and so I set out to do so. Now, here's probably the the more important part and the uh, the more tangible part for you. So, so here's what I actually did. So in terms of my training, um, keep in mind, started training for this in June and I hadn't seriously trained for, for eight or nine months. So the first kind of phase of training, and I did everything in four week phases. The first phase of training was something that I would call GPP or just general physical preparedness. Get back in the gym, move some weight around. Um, nothing was overly specific, a lot of compound movements, and I was training six days a, a week at that time. Four days were like kind of pretty heavy and hard days, um, more, more full body kind of days. And then the other two days were more, I did some abs and arms, some more like recovery stuff. Cause you can't just go hundred percent six days in a row without some extreme, uh, recovery methods and whatnot. So anyways, that's what I did for that. It was nothing very fancy. It wasn't even necessarily conducive to hypertrophy. Like if I look at that workout standing alone, I would say, ah, that's not really a, a pure hypertrophy workout. And it wasn't, but the point was to get my body back into the gym to be able to get to a point where I could uh, be pushing for hypertrophy. So then that uh, phase ended. And then I went into something called a pre-exhaust phase. And now I'm going to try not to go into too much detail because it's hard to map all this out without kind of being able to see it. If you are interested in this, send me a message. I'm happy to like send you over exactly what I did and, and kind of go over it with you. Um, but just to kind of give the outline here. So the, the pre-exhaust system is where you pair up muscle groups, where you're working the same muscle group in a higher rep, lower intensity exercise, and then a heavier and higher intensity exercise. For example, something that I would have done uh, was seated, um, seated leg curls. So the seated hamstring curls, and then immediately go into RDLs. Now, I know that the RDLs is not exactly all hamstrings or something like that, but it could have been something as well as, uh, I'm just kind of making things up here now, but it like a seated leg extension and then squats, um, some type of rowing exercise and then pull-ups or you know some type of chest fly and then bench press. So you're pairing up exercises that use the same muscle group where the first exercise is a little bit lighter, a little bit more isolated, a little bit less intense. And then the second exercise is something that's a little bit heavier, a little bit less reps and a little bit more intense. So that was that. And and so in programming, we kind of alternate phases of accumulation and intensification. That pre-exhaust phase would be something that I would kind of classify more as an accumulation phase because there's just kind of a lot more volume and volume is not necessarily the most important thing when it comes to hypertrophy in, in general. It does matter in terms of all your training, but it's not the most uh, important thing. And now remember, this is only after four weeks of being in the gym. So I'm still kind of like just prepping my body to be able to tolerate more load, more intensity uh, going forward through all these phases. Now, the next kind of phase of training after that pre-exhaust phase was, and sorry, that was four days a week of training. I think everything else after that first phase was with four days a week of training. Um, and the splits varied a little bit. So in that, in that second phase, the, with the pre-exhaust stuff, what I did was, 
um, upper, lower, upper, lower. So there was a two lower body days and two upper body days, and that was it. In the third phase, it was kind of my version of what someone might call undulating periodization, which is not really periodization because it was only four weeks. Now, here's another caveat. I've already said like a bunch of little sidebars a couple times here, but all these things are not perfect. Like we we give them names because like, sure, but like things are not perfect and you got to individualize everything to you. So just take it for what it is. If there's any kind of other, you know, programming nerds and I'm not using the exact right words. I know, I know that I'm not using the exact right terms, but just for purposes of explaining it, this is kind of what I did. And I'm not saying that what I'm doing is the most perfect way or the most ideal way and whatever, but it made sense in the context of my life. And that's important to know because everything is, you know, you've got to make it make context in the sense of your life and in the, in the context of your life and training and ability and availability and all these kind of things. So what it was, was again, four days, two upper, two lower. The first set of days, the first upper and lower days was had a heavy eccentric focus. So everything or almost everything in the workout had a five second eccentric, which the eccentric portion of the movement is the lowering. So if you can think about a squat, it's going down in the squat. I would hold that or not hold it, but I would be moving down for five seconds. And that was essentially every exercise. I, I believe the, the, the heaviest leg exercise in that one, if my memory serves me correct, was Bulgarian split squats. So five seconds on the way down for nearly everything. And then on the second day, so the second leg day and the second or the second lower body day and the second upper body day was more of a concentric focus. So not totally explosive, but things were moving quickly and there wasn't any uh, very controlled. It was always controlled, but there wasn't any very slow lowering on the eccentric or negative or lowering phase of that exercise. So I was pairing up intensity and a lot of time under tension, I guess, if you will, with more force production on the concentric days using very similar, not the same, but very similar exercises on both days. Um, and that would be more of an intensification phase where things got a little bit heavier. There were a little bit less reps because you're not banging out like 15 reps of any exercise with going five seconds down. I mean, you could obviously do it, but you're just, you're, it's not really useful. Um, so that was again, more of an intensification phase. Then moving, moving on after that, I went on to a German volume training phase. German volume training is essentially 10 sets of 10 repetitions of an exercise. You pair two exercises that are antagonist muscle groups. So front and back is what it means. So for example, chest and back, quads and hamstrings, etc. things like that. And you do 10 sets of 10 exercises with 30 seconds between sets and then a minute between 30 seconds between exercises and then a minute between sets. Everything with a three second count on the way down. Now, this is not the, the, the most perfect plan. Again, there's there's obviously better stuff. There's there's can be outdated to push it to the highest amount of intensity sometimes is not uh, as conducive. But what I really like about it and why I used it is because it's hard as fuck. It is very difficult to go 10 sets of 10 at an appreciable level of intensity with a serious amount of weight and, and, and be sticking to it. The, the weight selection should be that should be such that by the kind of eight, nine and 10th set, you're, you're barely getting 10 and, and the 10th set, you probably shouldn't really be able to hit 10. It would be a real grind to hit 10 on that last one. If you kind of easily, if the last set is not like a 10 out of 10, then you didn't, you didn't go hard enough. You didn't load the, the exercise heavy enough. So that's just how to, how to gauge it. And it takes a couple of times. It takes some experience to understand like how much you can actually push. But the, the reason I like it is one, the volume of it. So, you know, the grind of the volume of it is, is 
an intangible benefit. The the pumps you get from it are, are pretty good because there's just so much volume, so much blood flow, so many big muscle groups or big muscles with big exercises being used. So that was cool as well. Um, and, and these things all do have, they do play a place or play a role in, in hypertrophy. Again, wouldn't use it for very long, wouldn't always use it, wouldn't use it with every person, but for the context of, of myself and my life and my training, it made sense. This was also um, an upper body day and a lower body day times times two. So four days of training, two uppers and two lowers. Then after that, this is when things got serious. So, so after that, I kind of, but by this point, it's four months in and I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm back now. Like my, my, I feel good. I feel strong. Like my, my weight has gone up. Um, I feel pretty well back to where I was not totally, but I feel ready to like really push it down and really dig in. So this is where the more pure hypertrophy stuff started to, to come in. Now, obviously throughout all this, I had gained size and weight based on my eating and, and the specific exercises and whatever I was using, but all of it was mostly in a preparation for the final two two months of training. Now, to put a name on it, uh, this style of training would be somewhat similar to the Dorian Yates HIT high intensity training uh, system, where you essentially take a few exercises per muscle per per muscle group, um, and each exercise you have one kind of warm up set one set that's like a little bit slower and a little bit more intense but still a warm-up set and you might need a, a third one if, if you feel like you need it and then you have a final set uh, to all-out failure loaded up relatively heavy as many reps as you can get somewhere in the six to ten rep range when you're exceeding 10 reps then it's kind of time to to up the weight uh, and if you're not hitting six then it was too heavy there wasn't an, enough time in there enough reps in there um so that was what it was so this this at at this point I kind of split everything up into four groups so it was quads, back, upper body, push, chest and shoulders, and then hamstrings and glutes. Uh, I don't know if that was the exact order, but whatever. Um, or the, sorry, the exact order was this: it was back, quads, chest and shoulders, hamstrings and glutes. That was the exact order. So I hit everything once a week. Um, each day had uh, four or five exercises. The the leg days had four exercises each. Um, just because of available equipment and, and, you know, there's not as many different muscles like the back can do a lot of more different things. So I think my back day, which included a biceps exercise, also had uh, six exercises and the chest and shoulders, they had five exercises for, for whatever that's worth. Um, and that's what I did. So so for these next two months, I did exactly that. I you know, go to the gym, longer rest periods. Uh, Take one warm-up set, just kind of whatever, make it sure it feels good. Add a little bit of weight, slow it down, make sure I kind of feel <laughs> strong and ready for it. And then one set to failure, probably two to three minutes rest between sets to make sure that I'm maximizing the output in each set, um, and just try and just try and crush it. Take everything to failure every single time. And and then so I did that for for two months. I switched between the fifth and sixth month. I just switched the order of some of the exercises to. Uh, prioritize different things. For example, in the upper body push day, which is chest and shoulders, and the first bit of it, the first exercise was a shoulders exercise, and then in the second month of it, the first exercise was a chest exercise. So that that those kind of minor changes in the order of the programming, um, and that was it. And then I took that until whatever a couple weeks ago. Today is December twenty first, so until a couple weeks ago, that's when I took that too. It was great. It was a lot of fun. Um, I thoroughly enjoyed it, uh, that style of training. It's not 
quick. It's relatively slow paced. It's efficient. You get to push very hard every single time and you get to kind of see very small incremental changes. Like I wasn't moving up weight every single week, but it was, okay, today I'm going to be at whatever, for ease of numbers, a hundred pounds. And I got it for six reps. Okay. Next week I'm going to get a hundred for seven. Okay, great. Next week, a hundred, seven and a half. I got a half rep there. That's, that's good. Next week, a hundred for nine. Okay. Perfect. Let's let's move up the weight now. Now we go 105, and, and we kind of just keep going like that. So you see these incremental things, and this is also a sign that things are working the way they're sh- the way they should be. This is called progressive overload. If I was never able to increase the weight or increase the number of reps, then obviously something that I was doing, whether it be my actual training, my eating, my recovery, or or otherwise, something isn't working. So the training is not working. Uh, if nothing's moving up, then you know. Y- it's it's not doing anything. And because I'm taking everything to failure, it's a very true test. It's like, I just go until I can't anymore. So it's not, uh, I kind of quit. And, you know, this is a difficult and I would say a more advanced style of training because going to failure, first of all, is scary. And there is a level of training skill that is involved, especially when you may need to bail out on reps uh, for, for safety purposes. Second is it's just a skill to be able to kind of like go to that, <laughs> dig, dig deep and go to that place to really push as much as you can, as hard as you can. So it's not something I would recommend for, for anyone who's just starting out, but there's also no need to go that hard when you're just starting out, right? There's, there's levels to it and not that I'm super advanced, but I'm certainly not a beginner type of thing. So I really enjoyed it. It, it worked well, and I'll get into kind of the results uh, starting in, in a second here. Um, but that was sort of the outline of my training. And again, if you have more specific questions or kind of want to see it, um, send me a message and I'll certainly have that conversation with you. Now, the other big factor here is that it's not just all training, it's eating. I was eating a lot. I have eaten very much in the past six months to the point where it's like, I can't really remember the last time that I actually felt hungry. The, the way that I can describe how I've been eating and, and how you know one should kind of be eating when you're trying to gain weight is you, you don't eat when you're hungry. You eat when it's time to eat. Whether you're hungry or not, you you sit down at the table and you put food in your mouth until you won't eat anymore. And and that's just because you got you got to keep eating more. People who say, oh, I can't gain weight, I can't gain weight, I can't gain weight. It's because you don't eat enough. And, and there's no other way around that. I wish there was, but there isn't. Now, Another thing is that you don't have to completely stuff your face with junk food and all this stuff. If you want to do more of this sort of clean bulking, quote unquote, you need to be a little bit more specific about how much you're eating because too much is going to cause you to gain more fat because your body can't just, you know, put on pounds and pounds and pounds of muscle every month. Like that's just not possible. I mean, it's possible with some uh, Mexican supplements maybe, but even then you still got you still got to be careful. So anyways, um... I ate a lot. That's all. I wasn't super careful. I made sure that I was at least hitting my protein for the day, which is body weight times uh, one gram per pound of body weight, which I was over and above that. Um, and just with the volume of food that I was eating, I was easily, easily clearing that. Um, so that, and then just making sure that I'm having lots of carbs and lots of food as much as I could. I was that's certainly more, I didn't eat complete junk. I ate a lot of good, you know, healthy, normal food. I just ate more of it than I normally would. And I was certainly more liberal with, with eating junk, uh, having desserts and eating out and stuff like that. I, that was again, going back to just like life logistics. That was kind of part of the point of it. Um, 
So I was certainly more liberal with it, but I wasn't just eating like a complete asshole. That wasn't my intention. And because, and I mean, some people do do that. I think it's a bad strategy because there's no way you're going to feel good by doing that. Like even when I had, you know, really junky food, I still felt like shit the next day. I didn't, it didn't feel good. I'd rather get filled up on like relatively healthy food. Um, but it's also hard. It's hard to like eat healthy food and overeat it. So you have to force yourself to eat. You have to ignore your, your hunger cues or, or lack of hunger cues. And if you're constantly getting hungry, then you're just not eating enough. And that's a decent way to, to track it. If you're not willing to weigh and track all your food. So anyways, in terms of the diet, I just, I ate everything. That's all. That's as, that's the best way that I can, that I can tell you I, I did. Now here are the results. So I gained 25 pounds in six months. Uh, I didn't measure anything beforehand. And again, before I say that next piece, like super clear that I did not gain 25 pounds of muscle in six months. I gained 25 pounds in six months. I didn't measure anything beforehand, like do a DEXA scan or any type of like body fat analysis or any type, anything like that. Um, but my, my best, most optimistic scenario, I think is that I gained 12 pounds of muscle in the past six months. And this is the most optimistic. That would be two pounds per month, per month, which is quite significant, especially for somebody who is not new to training. I'm not, this is not the first time I've ever worked out. Someone who's totally new to training could, could very reasonably gain 12 pounds of muscle in six months. That wouldn't be totally out of the question. It's not impossible that I gained 12 pounds in, of muscle in six months. The real number is probably less than that. However, uh, I, I would just keep in mind that because I had lost so much weight from the previous time that I was training, it had been eight months, I did experience a little bit of the quote-unquote newbie gains um, just because I wasn't, I was kind of getting back something that I had already lost. It wasn't like necessarily new muscle, which I know that that's not very scientific and not exactly how it works, uh, but I, I did have a little bit of newbie gains. So I think optimistically, uh, I gained 12 pounds of muscle. I think realistically, it was probably more like, eight to 10 and even, even that probably closer to eight if we're being very real. Um, so, so that's that. I, I wish I had measured it. I didn't. And, and I'm kind of kicking myself for not doing it just for curiosity's sake. But anyways, that's, that's my best guess. So then the question is this, what am I saying? I gained eight to 10 pounds of muscle and 15 pounds of fat. Like where did the rest of them, where did the rest of that 25 pounds come from? 15 pounds of fat. Yes, that's that's exactly what I'm saying. And I'm, well, that must not be good. Like 15 pounds of fat is like not not good. You know, people notice when you gain 15 pounds of fat. And yeah, I, I know that. This was not an accident. It was expected, um, anticipated, and calculated for. I, I did this on purpose um, and, and for reasons that I'll say in a second here. Uh, but this this is not a shock to me. This is exactly what I had, what I had planned for. Could you do this, all of this, without gaining fat? Yes. I mean, not by gaining zero fat, you'd gain a little bit, but the, the proportion could be much less. Like you could gain, say, like 90% muscle and, and 10% fat, for, for example. Um, you don't have to gain that much fat to do a muscle building phase or a bulking phase. You will get a little bit less leaner, and that's something that you've got to accept, but it doesn't have to be that much fat. Um, it would be a slower process of, of everything. Everything would happen slower, and you'd have to be much more calculated about it. You have to still be eating in a surplus, but you can't just be eating everything because you don't want to be in too much of a surplus. You want to give your muscles 
just enough fuel, just enough resources to build, but not enough to store as fat. So a thing to note here is that gaining some fat is, is, is part of this. So if you are going to start bulking, start building muscle, you need to be aware of this and you need to accept that because what happens, I see it all the time. I want to gain muscle. Okay, great. You start, you start eating more, you start training hard for muscle building, and then you start to gain a little bit of fat to the point where you're kind of like, you know, you're, you're, you just get enough less lean that you start to not like it. And this is maybe even like six weeks. It doesn't take very long, maybe six weeks. And they say, Oh, I got to, I got to cut again. And then you just start cutting and then you lose all that muscle that you just, that you just made because you do things aggressive and then you just yo-yo this forever and you never actually get anywhere. If you're going to gain muscle, you need to accept a small, at least a small amount of fat gain and that's okay. And if you're not willing to, to accept that, then, then you can't bulk. You can't just have both things. It's not, it's not that easy. Um, it is simple. You just have to be willing to accept that. Again, you do not have to blow up and get fat, but you know, you're going to be less lean. And so you've got to, you got to be aware of that before you get started here. Now, uh, one more thing I should have mentioned this before, just sort of in the, in the process side of it, because I know somebody's going to ask what supplements did I take? How did, what supplements did I take to gain 25 pounds? I've been trying to gain weight for forever and I just don't know what supplements to take because I can't gain weight. Uh, I basically took nothing. I used creatine, which I use all the time anyways, and it's probably actually more important and effective when one and when myself starts cutting down. Um, I took vitamin D when the summer ended and the sun went away and I took zinc and magnesium. Uh, and that's it. No secrets, no tricks. Uh, these are things that I just take all the time anyways to keep me healthy. Um, I didn't take any other supplements. You don't need mass gainer for anyone who's wondering mass gainers is just a protein shake with extra carbs and stuff in it. So like if you really struggle to like get more food in that, that is fine, but there's nothing special about mass gainer that it makes you gain mass. It's not how it works. It's just an easy way to get more calories. And if that's the thing you need, then that's the thing you need, but there's nothing special about it. And I didn't use any other special supplements and there's nothing else that I would really use uh, or recommend. And I've spoken about this so many times with supplements and one of the earlier episodes of the podcast was about it. I can't remember the name now. It might've been number three or four, something like that. But anyways, um, everything was going according to plan. I was training hard. I was eating hard. I was sleeping hard. I was doing all the things. And so if everything and my weight gain was, was appropriate, it was going on track. Um, so, so I didn't, feel the need to like supplement with anything else because everything was going as it should have been. Now, had had something not been working and I was, you know, I really made sure that I was training hard and eating enough and all the things, then 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 that's when I would maybe look at some certain supplements that might help. But even still, like the supplements you're not going to get around not eating enough, so it doesn't it's not really as helpful. But anyways, just to just to kind of put that to bed. That's, that's the biggest thing. The supplements are not going to save you. They're not going to make you eat more. Uh, they're not gonna make you train harder and, and they're not gonna make you sleep harder. There's things that can help with all those things, but you got to just, you got to do the simple things first and then that's it. Now, the big question is why did I do it this way? I talked about, yeah, I gained 15 plus pounds of fat. I'm certainly like a little bit fluffier, <laughs> like fatter than I, than I would like to be than I usually am right now. Um, I'm bigger, I'm heavier on the scale than I've pretty much ever been almost in my whole life. Actually, I think in my whole life. Um, 
And so, so why would I do it this way? Why would I gain, why would I gain this much fat in order to gain some muscle as well to gain, you know, eight ish pounds of muscle? Why is it worth it? Well, one, it, it was faster and a little bit more fun because I didn't have to, I didn't have to be so careful about what I was eating. I didn't want to be able to, or didn't want to have to do that. And so I chose not to, uh, second is I wanted to just get heavier. I just wanted to be heavier. I'm for those who don't know me, like in real life, like I'm not, I'm not a very big guy. Like I'm five, six, I'm five, seven on, on a very good day, but like, I'm not a very big guy. So I'm not a very heavy guy. So I wanted to be able to just, you know, step on the scale at a heavier weight than I've kind of ever stepped on just to appease my own ego. And, um, and, and just be the biggest and strongest that I've ever been. So that meant gaining, uh, weight overall. Uh, so, so that's why I did that. Now, the other reason I did that, and this would apply to almost nobody else, unless you are also a, a trainer or a fitness coach of some sort in an online capacity is that I wanted to purposely gain some fat so that now coming up next, I can show and display and, you know, share my story and journey and how I methods as to how I lose all of this extra fat now while keeping all the muscle that I've built. So part of this is self-experimentation. Part of it, I guess you could say, is self-sabotage for the purpose of displaying a point in the future, which I which I will do. Um, so yeah, if this was just for me and I wasn't like uh, an internet guy, <laughs> if you will, uh, I probably wouldn't have wouldn't have done it that way because like there's no there was no need to gain as much fat as I did. Um, but it all serves a purpose in the context, again, the context of my life, the context of my life, the way that I did things makes sense. I'm not saying that it necessarily makes sense for you or for anybody else, but there are tidbits here that are, you know, will help and, and will be reasonable and applicable to, to everything. Cause muscle hypertrophy is muscle hypertrophy. There, there are many ways to go about it, but at the end of the day, you're getting at the same things. You lift heavy, you eat a lot, you recover hard, you, you lift super hard and that's how you gain muscle. So on that, like, what would I, what would I do differently when looking back at my training logs, I would probably change some of the exercise selections and earlier on in the, in the programming, I would have been a little bit more aggressive at the level of intensity that I was aiming for because I kind of under underestimated myself looking back, um, and just changed some of the exercise selections to be a little bit more specific in, in some instances. But other than that, I I got the results I was looking for and in the timeline that I was looking to get them, I felt great all the way through. Thankfully, you know, knock on wood, no injuries, no, no hiccups or, you know, nothing kind of went against the plan. And so everything went smoothly. And so other than that, I wouldn't really change much as far as, as anything other than what I just said. Whereas if I wasn't displaying anything on the internet at all, I, I would have just done it in a little bit more controlled way and not gained as much fat. And really what I would have done is just ate a little bit less, been a little bit more calculated and done a tiny bit more cardio just in the form of walking and stuff just to balance out that uh, caloric surplus a little bit to make it a little bit less. Um, that, that's all I really would have done differently. Now, here's here's what I would how I advise somebody else to, to do this. Um, first of all, I, I wouldn't really advise anybody else to do it this way for the reasons that I just mentioned. There's there's too much fat gain in the way that I did it. And this is not good for health purposes, obviously. Now, not that I'm obese or like super fat. I'm just fatter than I would. And I very liberally use this term. I, I'm, I kind of half apologize if it offends you, but but also not really. Um, I'm, I'm fatter than I would than I would like to be, but I'm not 
like unhealthy fat that that would be way too much and that would be an actual problem um but you know i have more fat than i should and and that is you know if we're splitting hairs here not as healthy the other side of it is is just the body image thing i am very confident with myself i don't really care i luckily again have pretty good body image i mean we all struggle with it to to varying degrees i don't like uh the way that i don't love the way my body looks right now but i'm it was part of the plan and it's not unexpected and I knew that this was coming and this is what I wanted. So it's all kind of good. But had this happened by accident, I would be I would be having some pretty bad body image days as as would anyone. So for that reason alone, I, I, there's no reason to do things the way that I did it in this way. I would just go a little bit slower um, and, and be leaner throughout the entire process. Um the other thing that I would probably try and advise someone to do is to take an even slower approach. Take this for a full year, not just six months. Um, you know, I said that I wanted to do it the fast way. The fast way was doing it over six months. Like, you're not going to bulk significantly in, in like three weeks or even two months. The fast way was six months. I would advise someone to take this over a year. Stretch it out. You can go slower. You can gain more muscle and, and less fat relatively. Um, and this, you know, totally depends on so many things. You're ability to commit to all of this, uh, your training age, your training experience, and, and all that kind of stuff. Building muscle is is much harder than losing fat and requires more time overall, and therefore more commitment. And that has to be more specific than, than losing fat does. So you need to be able to be committed to it. And if you can't be committed to it for, for a long enough period of time, then I would advise, like, just don't do it right now. Just wait, just be on a maintenance kind of phase, and you can kind of do it slowly. And you don't have to be in like, hardcore bulk mode, you can kind of you can still build muscle while eating at a maintenance level of calories. Um, it's just going to be very slow. And so that's what I would advise someone to do if you don't have the ability to commit to the training and all of the other things over the next at least six months, let's say. So to just kind of sum that part up because I think that that was a little bit all over the place. Um, I wouldn't advise anyone to do it the way that I do it. I would say to take a year at least to do it, uh, go slower, gain gain muscle slowly, don't gain too much fat, um, and just make sure that you're ready to do the things that need to be done and, and put the effort in in training is the biggest thing uh, and put the effort in in eating as well. Because even though you don't want to gain too much fat, you still got to eat a lot. So that's that. That's how I advise everyone else to to do it in general. But of course, like, you know, it's dependent on you, the context of your life, what you've got going on, blah, 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 blah. I probably said that 15 times already, but it's always, you know, N of one always. Uh, so what's next? I said, uh, I'm, I'm recording for context. This is, I'm recording this on January 21st, um, or not January, December 21st. Uh, the sixth month block of hypertrophy, it finished with three weeks left in the year. So then, you know, um, obviously I, I mentioned just a bunch now, uh, gained a bunch of fat, not, I, I would like the next step, big step is to get rid of all that, but I would be a fool to try and start doing that right as Christmas and New Year's and everything is coming up. So out of pure curiosity and appeasing my own ego for the th- this th- last three weeks of the year, I've just been testing my max strength in squat, bench, and deadlift. And really, it's just for fun. I mean, these exercises are fantastic exercises for a lot of things, not as fantastic for pure hypertrophy training because they're extremely non-specific, which we need specific for hypertrophy. So I haven't done them in a long time. Um, for curiosity, I'm bigger and heavier than I've ever been before, and I haven't been focusing on strength. So I want to see what the actual carryover is because I haven't done these exercises that do have a level of 
technical proficiency to them. I want to just see, you know, I'm technically not as good at them right now because I haven't been practicing them. I've obviously done them a whole bunch in the past, but I haven't done them recently. So I'm a little bit rusty, but again, bigger and heavier than I've ever been before. So I want to see how much of that, that extra weight and strength and size that I've put on is just going to raw translate over to those exercises. I spent the first week of this little testing phase, uh, just kind of taking it easy, feeling it out, sort of testing the exercises, making sure they feel good and I'm comfortable and blah, blah, all that stuff. Um, so far to date, I've had one day, uh, really pushing it on, on squats and I absolutely crushed my previous PR to be fair. I've never really tested one rep maxes in the past. So it's hard to like compare super accurately, but I mean, given all that, I'm, I'm very confident that this is the strongest that I've ever been. And, and that would have beat any of my previous PRs had I been testing them for one rep maxes anyways. Um, and I expect bench and deadlift to go the same. Uh, and I'll be, you know, sharing all this stuff on Instagram as per usual. So stay updated on that, uh, on Instagram. If you're curious to see how this goes, um, I, I'm conflicted as to whether I should like share the numbers or not, because like, who cares really? Like I, I care about them for myself, but I don't think it, it matters. They're not super impressive. Like I'm not breaking any records. That's for sure. Um, they're, they're great for me. They're not great in the grand scheme of context of anybody else. Um, and I don't think that the comparison game matters, but I mean, if you are interested personally, then send me a message. I'm happy to like, let you know how much it is and, and maybe I'll change my mind. I don't know, but that's what I'm thinking right now. Um, the other benefit of this like short period of time is I don't have enough time to train these exercises. Like I said, I'm not, uh, I'm not very good at them right now. So, so the benefit of that is that it's kind of just pure strength carryover, not I'm getting better at the squat. Now, if I squat bench and deadlift, if I carry this on for the next like several weeks, then my technical proficiency will, will improve in, in like little minor things in those movements. And I will continue to like my, the amount of weight that I can lift can go up based on technical proficiency. And, th- and that's fine. I don't really care about that right now. Otherwise that would be my next focus of training, but it's not. I just wanted to see how much, how much can I lift in this new, uh, bigger body? This is all stuff that I would call an expression of training. Like this is not actual training. I'm just literally seeing how much I can lift for one rep. That's not training anything. That's just testing my body and it's fine and good and important to know the difference. But you know, just to, just to say like, this is not a way to to train right now. I'm just, I'm just expressing my, my, my training or my ability through, through what I've built. Anyways, I, I probably spent a little bit too much time on that because I'm currently very excited about these numbers, <laughs> these numbers going up on, and this whole culmination of everything. So anyways, after the new year ends, uh, and the holidays and all the stuff is over, then I'm going to start cutting back down. I'll share more about the exact plans, uh, for that process in, in another podcast later in January. Um, and I'll document the entire thing through Instagram as well. So again, you know, make sure you're following me there if you're not already. Now, I anticipate uh, this this fat loss phase being finished by about the end of May, which is going to be roughly five months, you know, January to, to the end of May. And the goal will be to land somewhere in and around 10% body fat. I, I said before, I'm going to do a test in, in January. I'll do a DEXA scan or I'll do something. And that way I have something to more accurately uh, compare. By my best eyeball guess right now, me getting down to 10% body fat is going to mean somewhere close to losing 20 pounds of fat. Now, that kind of sounds like a lot, right? Oh, I just spent all this time gaining 25 pounds and now I'm going to lose 20 pounds. Like what? Why would anyone do that? Like what? You know, this doesn't make sense. No. 
But what's going to happen is this. At the beginning of June 2022, I will end up close to the same weight, probably a little bit heavier, but close to the same weight as I was in June of 2021, except I will be bigger and leaner, which was the entire point of all this, right? The actual number of that I weigh doesn't matter at all. It only matters like, you know, the, the strength and the health and the body composition and all that kind of stuff. Um, so that's the point of all that. Now, I'm no mathematician. I'm, I'm decent at counting reps. Any of my in-person clients will know. I always say this. I'm good at counting reps up to 10. Over 10 gets a little squirrely, but you know, whatever. <laughs> and I'm good at barbell math and counting weeks. So the end of May is five months. That means five months times four weeks. That's about 20 weeks. Um, 20 pounds lost in 20 weeks is one pound a week, which is very, very reasonable to achieve. And I, I, I almost anticipate that I will either lose more than that or I will finish sooner than that. Um, but we'll kind of see how, how things go and how my body changes. But that's a very reasonable speed at which to lose weight. One pound a week is like not really that hard. And I don't know that I'm going to necessarily go a slow route. I might go very aggressive for a short period of time, take a short maintenance break, and then go very aggressive again. Kind of TBD, but you know, follow along for that. But anyways, the average is going to be 20 pounds lost in 20 weeks. So that's what, that's what I'm aiming for, which is, again, um, very, very reasonable. You know that I always talk about kind of having a plan for your workouts, for all the stuff you do, not to just do stuff randomly, especially if you want specific results. Specific results require a specific plan. You can't just haphazardly do shit and expect, you know, results. I can't, you know, what did I say at the beginning? I can't run on the treadmill and expect to get bigger biceps. Like, this is not how it works. So it's good to have a plan. And this is what I mean about having a plan. It doesn't have to be super detailed. It doesn't have to be exactly, you know, how far out and, you know, a year, two years ahead of time. It doesn't have to be all that, but it has to be something. Even though this plan that I kind of just outlined for getting started next is like, it's not that detailed. I know what I want to do. I know the timeline in which I want to achieve it. I roughly know how I'm going to do it. Um, and I know that I'm going to have a reasonable life situation through that time of achieving those things. And if any of those things change to any significant degree, then my entire plan will change. And I'm, and I'm flexible at that I'm not, my life is not around dieting down. <laughs> that's not, that's not, if I was a professional bodybuilder or something, then yes, it, it would be, but I'm not that. So it's not going to interrupt everything in my life. Um, so, so maybe the plan will change. I, I hope not, but maybe it will. And, and I'll be flexible to that. But thinking about your training, thinking about your goals, thinking about what's going on in your life and determining whether those things are all aligned is, is very, very important. If they are and when they are, then you can start to formulate a more specific plan in terms of like what you're going to eat, how you're going to train, all those stuff to actually achieve those goals. And that's where, you know, coaches and trainers and advisors of all kind in any walk of life uh, comes comes into play. I know what I want to do business wise, for example, but I don't necessarily know like how to achieve all of those things because I'm not a business guy. So I need to hire people, ask for help. Like that's that's how this works. And the same is with fitness. All these things are, you know, relatively simple in, in nature, but they're not necessarily easy. And we all need guidance at, at some degree or, or to some degree. Now, I'm not, you know, good at the whole like uh, pitch my services thing. And I saw and I thought about this transition for about, you know, like 0.3 seconds and something clever didn't come up. So, you know, here it is. <laughs> I'm opening up more online training spots as much as possible for the for the new year everything will be online there are a handful of people that i work with in person who just happen to live close to me and, and if that's you then you know by all means reach out to me everybody else all online training all customized uh your training program your nutrition your lifestyle all those things um all for you and so 
by opening up as much as possible, I mean opening up like seven or eight more spots. Uh, this is not something that is conducive to having like 50 or 100 clients. I can't I can't one-on-one work with that many people. It's impossible. I would give I would I would not be able to give any good amount of service at that time unless there unless I found a way to have more hours in the day, which, you know, I don't have that. <laughs> so um, you know, it's a, it's a relatively small amount of people so that I can give that highest level of service and, 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 you know, working together to make everything individualized to you, your training again, in conjunction with what's going on in your life in conjunction with your training in conjunction with what you're willing to do, what you're not willing to do. Um, these are all things that we talk about and, and work together on to get you the results that you're looking for, whatever those results may be, which all, you know, stem in fitness and health and then extend to the rest of the rest of your life, whatever's going on with you. So the sooner you kind of get started at least thinking about the plan or, or what a plan might look like, the better. And I'm happy to like kind of bounce those ideas or, or, or have you bounce those ideas off me to see if things make sense and things, if your idea is reasonable, like if you're telling me you want to get, you know, your, your 30% body fat and you want to get abs in six weeks, I'm going to tell you no. Um, but you, you know, we can, we can ask these questions in, in a safe way and say like, Hey, is what I'm thinking reasonable or not? So anyways, if any of the online coaching stuff sounds like something that might be beneficial for you, uh, send me a message, let me know you're interested and we'll kind of get the whole process started because, uh, you know, I really want to help you and, and this is not stuff that is necessarily easy and we just need a little bit of guidance, a little bit of push, a little bit of motivation, a little bit of accountability and the online platform is very, very conducive to all of that. So it works uh, very well for these things. Aside from all that stuff, as always, if you have any general questions, uh, you know, still feel, feel free to send me a message. I'm not going to you know, charge you per Instagram DM <laughs> type of craziness, but uh, I'm happy to answer your questions and help you out always. Um, you know, I don't hold any secret knowledge ransom behind any anything. So, you know, I'm happy to give give out as much as I can. The, the value and everything is really the personalization of it. All of the general advice, it's all out there. It's all we, it's, it's available to everyone from me, from others. Uh, the value of having the coaches, how do you apply that to you? And that's the missing, that's the missing link here. So anyways, I think the end of this episode got a little bit off topic of bulking specifically, but I mean, you know, by now we should expect me to veer off topic at least a little bit every time. Anyways, (laughs) bulking is super fun. Getting bigger is amazing. I had a blast doing this. Uh, It's much harder than losing weight. That's for sure. Hopefully there are some insights into you know, from my own training here that you can take and apply to your training. If you've got any questions again, you know, send me a message, feel free. Don't, don't be a stranger. Um, I've really enjoyed this process. It's been, it's been a great learning process for me individually as a, as a trainee, as well as a trainer, uh, for other people. So I'll take a lot and and bring this into all of my client interactions and, and anyone else who's looking to build muscle and kind of get stronger and really kind of push the pace and get super serious about training. And at the same time, if you're not super serious about training, it all kind of works out. There's lessons that we can take from the extremes, as I've mentioned many times before. This episode is the one to send to your buddy who's been bulking for six years and hasn't gained a single pound. Hopefully, they will find something in here that will help them board the gain train with all of us and get huge and feel big and strong because not too many feelings that are better in the world than that. 
I appreciate you listening all the way through. Holy shit, 50 minutes. Oh my. Uh, I'm sorry, but I <laughs> I hope uh, this, I, this, I think there's a lot of good stuff in here. Anyways, I, I like sharing and talking about this stuff. Uh, I appreciate you listening all the way through here. Make sure you are following me on Instagram. If you're not already sending, I'll be posting all the updates and kind of documenting all the everything through there as well. Uh, at Daniel Yours, if you're not there already, uh, please leave a rating and review on iTunes or Spotify. Spotify just released new uh, rating system. So go, go ahead and uh, hit the stars on that one it's anonymous and all that stuff that'd be great i appreciate it get in the gym be a good person lift some big ass weights let's get huge and that's all thank you